0: He's back for 2018. a Football Sack Podcast for Russia.
1: Welcome to the Daniel Izani Half Hour of Power, formerly known as the Football Sack Podcast for Russia. I'm your host, Ben Smith, and we are joining you to discuss all things Daniel We with a bit of soccer and World Cup discussion thrown in for good measure. I'm joined once again today by a man who I've known for five years, but only recently discovered he spells his first name with an S and not an E. It's Louis Granich. Yeah,
2: how you doing, Smithy? Let's uh, get this underway.
1: I'm honestly shook by that revelation.
2: I think it, it, it's for pronunciation. If I just put the E on the end on like Facebook, people always say Louis as opposed to Louis, and um, it's quite
1: vain. But... It's, it's. I've got to admit, it's completely changed my view of it. It's <laughs> just one letter. Yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's incredible. Yeah. Um, I'm also joined today by a debutant, a man who definitely spells his first name with an S, Sean Fry.
3: G'day guys, how are we?
1: Good thanks, how good, you doing Sean, good, making shorty. your
3: debut? Yeah, I'm good. I am uh, just got in from the doctors and I'm on a pretty heavy course of antibiotics for the uh, World Cup fever that I've just been diagnosed hey. with. Nice. But I'm, uh, I'm not going to take him, I'm just going
1: <laughs> to out. Uh, also joined today by another debutant, a man who asked if he could be known as the Asian football expert on the show, to which I said absolutely not. It's Aaron Corlett
0: hey guys I've poured out the vodka I'm ready to go
1: beautiful Aaron is getting call it today oh. it's correct promise not to use that we no we're using it Aaron does love to get call it In, yeah he's known around his parts as Aaron call it okay it's he your gets fu- it's your funeral
0: Aaron
1: <laughs> he, he gets more loose from David Carney's concept of marketing Nice. Oh, no. If you missed the game overnight, consider yourself a bit lucky. You Honestly, didn't miss much apart from a Daniel Arzani cameo, which lit up beside more than the Australia Day fireworks. Two own goals and a calamitous goalkeeping error with the features of a two-one win. Aaron's safe to save. Goals were a bit indicative of the game itself.
0: Well, just defensively, just terrible. All three goals. You know, the same Sainsbury's had a back to Jones. You know, there was just no communication.
1: It almost happened in slow motion. Hey, you could kind of see. Them going, Jones going one way, Sainsbury heading it back, and it was just oh god, what's he doing?
0: They nearly did enough to stop it, you know. They, yeah. Jones wasn't too far away from uh, stopping that from going in up the other end. Azani's goal, you know, if that was a meter left or right, we'd, we'd be saying, you know, what, what, a, what a what a fantastic strike! Yeah. strike. But as it is, it was. it was a goalkeeping error. <laughs> and then the you know the last goal, the winner, if we can call it that. I mean, a beautiful ball from Arzani. And then Irvine just crosses it in. And there was no soccer striker anywhere near no the ball.
1: Even the ball yeah. from Irvine was a bit crap. It was a bit, a bit oh, scuffed. It was, it, was like, it was a hit at hit hope. And luckily, like it's just shinned. Yeah. I, don't,
3: I don't think there's anything else you can do there. I, well, the thing that really disappoints me is that it's the last two minutes of a game. And you're looking for a goal against Hungary to get a win, get a bit of momentum going into the World Cup. And the, as, as you said, the ball from Arzani is perfect. And I don't think he can do anything but whip it back across the six-yard box. And no one is there. No one is there. Like, where's the winger on the other side? Where's the midfielder coming? Like, it's unbelievable that that no one
2: makes that run.
1: As a coach, Louis will tell you that is one of his pet hates. Yeah, we
2: we struggled yesterday just to bring it back locally with um, the exact same thing. Numbers in the box. And it's, for a winger, like, you just want to... Sometimes not have to get your head up, look for a play. You just want to go. All right, I'm putting this ball in. Someone be at the front post so they can get a touch. I was an Australian player. It was a hungry player, but it's rather than a winner, it was just a separation strike, as the Americans would say. Because it it was just it was just a boring game with a boring finish. I guess.
3: What else can he do when he gets um, like if he's not Mo Salah or Lionel Messi, he he's not going <laughs> to dribble it in and score. So he, he can just whip it in and hope and. Yeah, someone's got to get.
2: That. Sean, you're a Liverpool fan. Um, you've Brad had... Jones watch? Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was hoping we get on this. Um, yeah, what's your take on both his performance? At... Oh, well, first, first off, Brad Jones at Liverpool. You know, you're an Aussie as well. Um, what was your experience with him?
3: My most vivid memory of Brad Jones at Liverpool is uh, against Manchester United when Wayne Rooney hits a shot from about eighteen yards out and. Rather than wait and see which way the ball's going, on, he dives. He guesses before he hits the <laughs>
2: ball, and he dives the wrong way. <laughs> uh, isn't, isn't that a an indicator or a um, you know foreshadowing for the um, for the goal that happened? He's, he's guessing he's that right. Sainsbury yeah, re- wasn't going to hit it.
3: Well, I, I don't know what either of them are doing because Sainsbury to be playing the ball towards a goal like that, he obviously thinks Jones is still on his line. Yeah. Mm. But it's such a risky header anyway because if you don't hit it right, you can. It can be an own goal even if he is on his line. And secondly, it's te- terrible from Jones because he's got to just give a shout, command just his a box, big shout, and it's a it's a comfortable start. Show uh, some presence. Yeah. In
2: saying that, it, like if if I'm a defender uh, like Shainsbury, I think it would have looked a lot worse if he lets it go, and because he can't see obviously behind him and he's got no shout. Yeah. If there's a Hungarian striker coming through to not at home, like that would look worse. So I can kind of mm. understand why he's headed it back, but no, like. But just I'm sure
3: presented. he could have got more on it and not yeah. headed it on goal. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, we... it's just crazy. But I, as far as Brad Jones goes, I have no confidence in him at all. And I, I'm a staunch Liverpool goalkeeper defender, as you'll know by yes. my Simon Mignolet defence. But course. Um, Brad Jones, I can't even defend him. He's, yeah. he's just not
1: very good. But it was better than the other guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <but> <laughs> Pretty low bar to beat. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Can we have a quick shout-out for the um, Hungarians in the first half? They played... Very well, I thought. Yeah. I thought um sh- I'm gonna get his pronunciation completely wrong, but yeah. Sholai, the, the winger for Apoel. Apoel, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, he tore Risden to pieces yes. in that first half. I think
1: four four times he got behind him. Like, yeah. We, if- we were talking last game about oh Risden was superb against the Czech Republic. He's our fullback and now after this it's like well...
2: But the, you could go we, through the whole team in arguments. Yeah. I mean, we, we talked about Milligan, you know, probably one error, maybe two against the Czechs, and then it was just, oh, my God, we'll, we'll go to him now. Like, the, some of the back passes, and for a, a mm. guy who you're literally playing so he can be assured at the back because he's a midfielder, to do that, like, before a
1: major tournament... Milligan gave it away more than Red Hot Chili Peppers last night.
0: Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, <my God. laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: I was actually um, really depressed to hear you say that the defending was so bad uh, in the game because my yeah. take was that the attacking play was so poor. Like, there was nothing was, yeah. created almost all game. So mm-hmm. for two people to come away, one thinking that the defending was terrible, one thinking that the attacking was terrible, we, it that, that sort show. of sums up the game, doesn't yeah.
0: it? I mean, we know that um, our midfield is our strength, you know, with those players in there. I mean, there are still some question marks about who's going to play. Jednak didn't start. Do you guys think think he will he will start against France?
2: Well, I think he definitely put the best foot forward uh, coming on at half time. It, we said last week that Mass and Rogic and Moy were pretty much dead on to start, but Luongo's performance didn't um, give the fans or Van Marwick that much confidence, and you know his place could be in jeopardy. Um, we talked against France; he still might play Luongo because of that athleticism against the, a powerful French side. But Yedinak's really just put his foot in the door and said, well, hang on, I've been crucial for you in qualifiers. Uh, I'm not I'm not going down without a fight. I really want a starting place, and um, we might
1: need that. Mm. I'd actually like to see Yedinak. Well, actually, I've learned this week it's not pronounced Yedinak. It's Yedinak. Oh, really? Yeah. According to like Mike and the boys. Shout out to big time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it was, Ned Zelich did actually mention it uh, yesterday during... Commentary. He actually called him Yedinak, and I heard it used uh, midweek on another podcast. I was yeah, it might to
2: it. be coming in uh, the old Jermaine genus. How it was genus, and then it was genus and they all. You know how it just sometimes names just change in football, and then it just goes. That's it. Yeah, My
3: favourite one this year has been Colosanak uh, at um, Arsenal. Arsenal. Kolasinac, Kolasinac, yeah, he, he's got a f- he's got a few interpretations, <laughs> doesn't he? Um, a I Osney. I think Yedinak. I'm just gonna say it because it's you know if we get confirmation that that's not the pronunciation then um, then I might change my ways but <laughs> I think he has to start um, just because not to be too much of like a Premier League fanboy but because he has so much more experience than everyone else playing on really big stages in really big games yeah. like you'll have six or seven blockbusters in the Premier League every year that are just massive massive games whether it's relegation or whether it's just going to Old Trafford or Anfield or whatever. And, yeah, I think that experience in a World Cup is is too vital to just leave on the bench.
2: You combine that with what he's done for the Australian team and it should be a no-brainer. But um, Van Mowak obviously sees a bit more, you know, in training or in the few games of Luongo and thinks that we could be a bit more mobile. But I- I'm with you. I think uh, to have a real solid player, a bit of backbone, a bit of character, we're going to need that. First and, yards in your head, mate. Yeah, exactly. Don't need that much pace. First five yards, I would argue, were in your okay. head. So.
1: <laughs> I'd actually like to see uh, Jednak at centre back. I think. Oh, bit of a raw, yeah. spicy. Nice, nice, a <laughs> uh, bit of a bit of a hot take. Yeah. but was I really, I really wasn't. You know, we said against Czech Republic, Milligan kind of worried us a bit, and he was probably, well, arguably, worst player on a pitch yesterday. Yep. He gave yep. gave him up two big chances. Jednak is a better ball player. He's uh, he's not the quickest, but alongside Sainsbury, who I think. Sainsbury's not quickest either, but he doesn't. He normally can get the job done. He's pretty awareness is pretty good, and his his reading of the game kind of makes up for that. I think with Yatynak, he's he's a leader. You want him on the pitch. I'm not sure whether he's good enough to be a full-time central midfielder for the yeah. Socceroos, but we don't really have too many options at the back. I'd love to see him there. He can head a ball. He'll lead. He's he's made his name as a screener in the English Premier League. You know. I don't think it's the worst idea. Um, unfortunately, we're not g- really going to have a chance to see it given we don't have any friendlies.
2: This is what I was going to say. We can't be talking about this on the eve of a major yeah, tournament. Exactly. It can't be like, oh, <laughs> maybe it would be a good idea to put you in. Know, in theory, it is. Maybe we
1: should like, play Ozani at centre. back <laughs> Just put him everywhere. You him. could
2: tr- you could train him to be a centre back,
1: mm. and he
3: could if he could play some friendlies and get maybe. But mm. it, yeah, yeah, it starts starts this week. I yeah, thought the, to
0: make a call. the choice of friendlies were were poor as well. Um, I thought maybe we could have played a stronger team in the lead up to the tournament to get, you used, to yeah, France. To get used to France because we will be playing on that back foot and playing on the counter I feel like the Czechs and and Hungary Mm. are not quite the quality sides that we're going to face in the World Cup. No, you
2: you don't say. (laughs) Do do you what? Though, did any of you guys catch the France game last night? They drew
1: one over for USA. I I watched that
2: Mm. with intent, and um, I think that Australia can really take notes from that. France, obviously, their firepower was, um, you know, for all to see Mbappe wearing that 10. He's 19 for France. Very exciting stuff. Um, Anyway... They um, missed a few chances, created you know a few efforts on goal in the first half, didn't score, and then the US were ahead just before halftime. And it was like, we're going to need that, that luck, and we're going to have to have that one chance, score it. Hugo Lloris was poor at his um, near post. I know, Sean, you're not a fan of Lloris at all. I think we've got the blueprint there. They held on, they um, got an equaliser, but a credible 1-1 draw for a team that's not qualified. I think there's your, there's your platform and your tactics to go on against France. Um, but they do look bloody frightening.
0: Now, Ben, I know you want to talk about the man who lives offside, Robbie Cruz. Oh, Go for it. Oh, good God.
1: <laughs> uh, at this point, I'd argue an inanimate carbon rod is more effective than Cruz.
2: He's so frustrating sometimes, like, especially uh, in a soccer issue And he's wearing 10 as well. Like, Don't <laughs> give him the number 10 jersey. We I need that for the best
1: player. I get that he's a good. He moves really well. He, his movement opens up space for his teammates. But he's... Final product is so dire. I cannot believe he's playing for the national team with Mate, that it sort is of Eric delivery. Dyer,
2: not to you know say he's a bad player, but just more of a puns sort with of it. It is frustrating <laughs> watching him just constantly. We need that in the final third. Lecky is almost a player who you can forgive for not having end product because he's he's athleticism creates. But so even
1: Lecky created our best chance in yeah, the first half, exactly. where he beat a player, cut it back, and then Cruz put it twenty meters over no, the bar. That's what I'm saying. It's that- just. Infuriating, like you've got all that time. He was at Bayer Leverkusen, for God's sake, and he can't. He's playing wing for the Socceroos, and he can't deliver a good final ball into. It's like Brad Smith all over again. Yeah, he's just there. Like I get that he's a good mover. He get that off the ball. His runs create space for teammates. It's got to the point where the negatives far outweigh the positives. I've seen better final product in a kindergarten art contest, for God's sake. <laughs> what, Boom. what
2: would you think about... I don't think it's going to happen. I think Cruz will still start. What would you think about Arzani starting out on that left-hand side instead of him?
1: Initially, I was a big fan. I mean, Arzani was superb when he came on. That was... I don't think I've ever seen... It's been a long time since I've Australian. seen a young Australian yeah. star come on and just grab a game by the cojones like he yeah. did. Uh, like, obviously, we've talked about the goal was a bit fortuitous given the... Uh, suspect goalkeeping if you can call it he's that. got the ball but he's driven the the fact that he did, shot. the fact that he took it on the fact that he shot from there it wasn't a bad shot yeah. you know and he was rewarded for that pass for uh, Irvine which led to the second goal that was Jarvis-esque yeah, it was it so been. good yeah. I would have left leapt off the couch had I not been in a reclining chair at the time <laughs> it was just I was gobsmacked I actually audibly gasped yeah, it was he, that good he, he
2: brings some necessary flea and he's
1: 19 yeah, yeah. Uh, Brilliant. the only issue is I was Think about it this morning, all set on, you know, let's start Arzani against France. It was pointed out to me that he's 19, he did struggle to run out A-league games. Yep. Running out a World Cup game against one of the best teams in the world would probably be asking a bit too much of him at this stage, of course, but you've got to bring him off the bench. He's got to have some role in that France game. If it's one all with like 50, uh, 50 45 minutes, you, you're tapping him on the shoulder saying, get ready, we'll bring you on this second half. And he will, he's he got the confidence. He will run at everyone. We saw that yesterday. He doesn't care who he's up against. He's just going to play his game and try and do his best and attack. And we really need that against, not just against France, but it's against Denmark and Peru. And he could be a real star of this whole tournament.
3: I think it's a really common thing with young players uh, in particular where they'll have a good uh, couple of games coming off the bench and then there's all the clamour for them to start. And I understand why people get excited, but you also understand why they don't do it. Because coming on after 60 or 70 minutes is a completely different game to start. If you're going to start from minute one against France, you're going to have to be disciplined. You're going to have to take up all the right positions over 90 minutes. When you get the ball, you're going to have less time on the ball because everyone else has got the same fitness levels as you. Uh, When your chances come, you're going to have less time to take them. Whereas if you come on after 70 minutes... All of Arzani and all of his uh, strengths are highlighted and yeah. his weaknesses mm. are, are minimised because he will have a bit more time on the ball. He'll be fresher than everyone else. The defence and the midfield on the opposition uh, are more tired. There are more holes for you to exploit. So a player can come on after 70 minutes and look like an absolute world beater for the first two years of his career and but still not be ready it, to start a it, Yeah, yeah. No,
2: I do agree. Uh, another sub who's got to be almost nailed on to come on, Jack Irvine, we've talked about him. The divine man bun. Yeah. He, um, he put his best foot forward and a really good performance. Lots of energy. Mm. Something that he's um, not always known for, but like good end product. You mm. know, like he's a busy player, but when he
1: was... Putting in like nice balls and um, getting on the end of things it's had a knack. good shot saved in the second half. Yeah, yeah. He, he
0: could have had a goal in yeah. that game. You know, he had a header as well from a corner that you know could have gone in. So I think he's definitely a player that will you know will be important during the World Cup. You know, coming off the bench. Um, just want to talk about the centre back um, position. Um, Milligan, I thought was was terrible during the game. You know, he gave the ball away in the first half, which probably should have led to a goal. And Matt Ryan came out with a good save. Looking at the other options, we've talked about Yednak as a potential um, option down there. Um, Yerman and uh, Daganak yeah. are probably the other two options. I mean, they don't fill me with confidence. Um, I th- yeah, so I think Matt Ryan's going to be an, an important player during the uh, the ta- tournament, you know, because I think we will leak goals.
2: Yeah, he was, <laughs> uh, he was good for confidence in him making that one-on-one save. Hopefully that'll keep him, him in good stead. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's a, definitely a cut above. Jones in um in that department. Yeah, there's no question. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We did touch on this earlier, but last week we were singing Josh Risden's praises and he was uh, arguably probably a, not worst, but he did not have a good game yep. at all. He got torn to shreds uh, at right back and it does raise a few more questions. I think he will start against France. I think it was, in a way, a good reality check for him yep. after a good performance last week, yep. but it does kind of make you less... I'm uh, confident in him after last week.
0: Aussie, Aussie, Aussie! Aye, aye,
1: aye! As any kit nerd knows, half the fun of a World Cup is eyeballing the other team's jerseys. Unfortunately, it must be said in a fashion sense, it's a pretty disappointing World Cup for kits. There's only a few kits fit for kings on show in Russia. One of the most popular eye catching kits is the Nigerian home effort, which has been flying off the shelves. Louis, yay or nay on Nigeria.
2: Uh... Nay, in terms of the hype. I don't mind the kit. It's um, obviously pretty loud, pretty busy, but it is definitely overrated and, um, you know, not the biggest fan.
0: I'll go in to bat for it. Okay. Um, generally, the kits this World Cup are pretty conservative, um, so it's nice to see something different. Um, the patterns are quite cool, and you can see why the, uh, you know, the fashion police have picked it up as a, uh, you know... Hot them Against
2: humanity. <laughs> no, they they love it. The um the, the online hipsters,
1: the hipsters
0: love it.
2: Yeah, I I can see a lot of I saw a kid at training um, that a Melville wearing one, Yeah, and yeah. They, it would have come out like less than a few weeks ago, or at least it would have been on sale less than a few weeks ago and you know, I don't usually see um you know this much hype around a kit. Maybe I'm just being a hipster within a hipster and turning away Hip from the hipsters, you know, so uh,
3: I completely I want to go the opposite way of Louie and say that I think I don't rate the kid at all. I think it's absolute dog shit. Excuse my language. It's horrendous to look at. Uh, it's a horrendous design. It's terrible on the eyes. But... I love it because I love that Nigeria just coming in hot, red hot, red hot <laughs> to this World Cup and just going, stick your conservative kits up your ass. Oh, we're not wearing a plain green kit, we're not wearing a plain white kit, we're going this crazy lightning zigzag, get in your face It'll and that's people why it sold epilepsy. 1,600 billion uh, units in the first week.
0: You know what was interesting? I was in um, Seoul last month. Um, you know, a four-story Nike store. You know, Travel in brag. the heart of Seoul, humble brag, and yeah. uh, humble brag, of course. Um, but you know, they had the Nike store had you know all your all your big nations, but they had the Nigeria kit there, yeah. and that's something you wouldn't really expect. So. Yep. You know, so it, it's really got Nigeria's you know brand awareness right up there. I think it
2: is. Good for Nike in terms of just creating a buzz. Their marketing is obviously really amazing good. marketing. Yeah. Um. To go on to their competitor, I think Adidas have, have um, launched a lot of great kits for the World Cup. To disagree with Cindy's point, I think there's a few good ones on show. I like Argentina's. I like um, uh, Colombia's is pretty nice. But I'm a big fan of the Germans' kit. I think they've got the best. Uh, the away kit, especially that green. You know, that just does things to me. In the home kit, uh, a similar pattern to the sort of 1990s vibe, just reversed and black and white. But German kit for me is the is the one that that wins it.
0: Have you guys noticed the Serbia and Switzerland tops? They're both Puma tops, and they're identical.
2: And not very, uh, not much imagination there. Um, they're in the same group, if I'm not mistaken.
1: They are indeed. They're in the Brazilian group. Uh,
2: that'll be fun. You're so knowledgeable. <laughs> it'll, it'll, it'll just be like a, it's, it's like a kit show for one of the teams, because it just looks like, oh, we'll just wear the away kit. So. This, this, it's
0: like Spider-Man meme. Yeah. They'll just like point at each other. <laughs> hey. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, Serbians, you know, not too creative. The Croatians, on the other hand, you know, lovely nation, lovely kit. And Smithy, what, what, what do you like about the Croatian kit?
1: That sounds like you're almost from Croatia, really. <laughs> I'll give nothing away. <laughs> I do love that. It checks all the right boxes, Go pun intended. Nice. Yeah. It's just very nicely done. It incorporates that classic red and white check, but it does it in such a way that it doesn't. It feels original. I think the checks are a bit kind of longer, and it just it just looks very tidy, very sharp. And I like how they've incorporated one of the white checks as the collar.
2: Yeah. The what I'm a big fan of is that is the number underneath the um the badge is in one of the checks. So that is like I, I think it I think, pretty, I think it's a pretty good touch.
1: Not literally not thinking outside of the box. No.
3: I'm gonna throw in the Poland away kit. Yes. I'm a huge fan of a deep deep red, and it's got like two shades of deep red. It's just gorgeous. Like.
2: Oh, you like the, the sash?
3: Yeah, the sort of sash, like the the dividing of the two sort of halves Yeah, of the well, if
2: you've got one red, just we'll go again with a second
3: red. Yeah. Come I, on, I, Polska. I, I, by the way, I do, if, if you ever want an example of how bad uh, uk is just as an establishment <laughs> and as a website, <laughs> having you look at their kit rankings from like last to first, Pass. I could literally just flip them and, <laughs> and it'd be more accurate. Like... <laughs> <laughs> they've got the Nigerian one first, obviously, but they've got that Belgian home kit. Uh, the, like, the, the, the yellow and the red. It should be a Ralph Lauren Polo. Like, yeah, I with it look y- like. Or I, a like, I, I didn't mind like like I like it. Yeah, yeah I, I
0: didn't mean, mind well, the Belgian kit. Too,
2: too, too, yeah. know, it's yeah. good. I think it's. <laughs> shouldn't be good. that high if it's 2v2, though. <laughs> I think
1: it's. Co- Kind of, It's a bit like the Nigerian, obviously not as full-on, but it's they're getting a bit more inventive. There's a lot of plain kits, I yeah. feel, and that one is... Not as conservative. Yeah, and the away, kit, the away kit is boss. That is pure gold. What we really need is a Zoolander-inspired walk-off right before the tournament begins just to kind of really establish what the actual best kit is.
2: Who would you have uh, playing the role of Hansel or Derek Zoolander? Players, what I would have oh, you've got to
3: prepare us for this. Uh, That's a great question. All right, if you've I got one have, off the
1: top, go on, Sydney Jackson Irvine. Oh, with the hair, oh, the handsome. He, he's not.
3: He's not that good looking though. No, like, offense, James Jackson. Rodriguez is my Zoolander.
2: Yeah, he's a beautiful All boy. Day. Isn't he? You can
3: see the blue steel. And how can you, you can you not see Derek Zoolander wearing that Nigerian kit down around oh. so, <laughs> with, with right. a headband yeah. or something like a matching? Yeah,
2: headband. yeah absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would I would probably put a villain of the piece, Sergio Ramos, up there. I, I, I like his sort of look. Um, I think he'd be a great runway model and I'm, I'm a big fan would of him. Would
3: he it. be the, uh, the Will Ferrell character? Oh, Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I invented the piano key necktie.
1: That hammer
0: so hot right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it works, There we go. There we go. Um. Uh, Aaron, any, any idea who you would uh, put as the model?
0: Tony Cruz, he's, he's not a bad looking man, yeah. is he? I, is I, I, like, right? I like his
2: presence on the pitch, he, he fills yeah. me with confidence. I Very feel like right. there's
0: a
3: big Australia bias in the room here, putting these names forward.
1: <laughs> yeah, Like, Wayne Rooney's not coming anywhere to <laughs> England's <laughs> England's
3: <laughs> Not least because he's
1: <laughs> not England as well.
3: about as far away from the uh, catwalk as he is from the Englands. <laughs> They're making <laughs> a
0: new Shrek, aren't they? So... <laughs> oh, <God. laughs>
3: Oh, no. I hope right. not Because they have Slowly been going Downhill Those tracks yeah. since, since the first one oh. Since Wayne
0: Ready
3: to mean, It's one of those It's just one of those Legacies that's just Been tarnished Yeah you know, Because, because they've Continued they to go on They going, need a they bit need of Philip
2: Lahm Where you're just like We'll yeah. just retire on top that exactly. yeah. World Cup winner.
3: it yeah. just yeah. The one, where,
1: the one where Shrek won the World Cup That was It, it sort of got it, better And then went down. Is that goal three? I did it You scored for winning goal In the World Cup final No I turned left
2: <laughs> Back to Zoolander, beautiful stuff.
3: Yeah, we're just mishmashing these references. I yeah. Hope you can keep up out there. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie! Oi, oi,
1: oi! Every tournament, there are a host of big names who miss the cut for their respective nations, and this year is no different. There's a raft of stars who have been left out, but who is the best one? Sean, who do you think it is?
3: Uh, it's not a very creative choice, but I think Leroy Sane is, is just almost unfathomable that he can't make any team in the world. You'd think, as, just to have as an option off the bench, what he can do, the creativity, his pace, like just don't take one less goalkeeper. I just, <laughs> I, I'm honestly thinking that there, there's, it's
2: just they're just trolling. Like they're that's like, we are German, so good, we depth. don't need Sane. I
3: honestly, I that's yeah. I the way he crazy. played for
2: Manchester City this season. He started a majority of games. His end product, his pace, he was unbelievable.
3: He's got everything you yeah. want in an inside forward or a winger. Like yeah, can do it and all. it's just
2: like, nah, don't think so. Mm.
1: Outrageous. It's I- insane in my membrane.
2: Yeah. That Cypress Hill. What's that got to do
1: with <laughs> <God>? <laughs> Insane in my membrane. Uh, okay, that's better. Go on, Aaron.
0: I, I completely, I've got to agree, um, you know, that it's just crazy that he hasn't been picked, but in a way, it's understandable. He would have been maybe fourth or fifth string, you know, John that wide... <laughs> In that wide position, so I, I understand um, Joachim Lowe's uh, decision. Um, I'm going to shout out Mario Götze as you know winning, you know scoring the winning goal at the last World Cup.
2: Just get him an automatic spot of the next tournament. sure. You know, it's just not good enough. Yeah,
0: I know. If you told him at that moment, you know, you score the winning goal, you're, you're still you're in done. your peak. Okay, no more World Cup. He,
2: he's obviously had issues with, um, you know, his diet and and things at, at Dortmund. He's actually gone through some personal stuff, and his form's definitely dropped off a cliff. He's you not the player, far he was. too much yeah. a romantic. <laughs> I would argue that the best player or one of the players that's missing now that I really like is Mauro Icardi. I'm a huge fan of him. Um, not for his um, off-field antics and stealing Maxi Lopez's wife and tattooing uh, their children on him, but his ability to score goals um, from a you know, into Milan perspective and the big game nature. He scores goals always against Juventus, absolute predator, fox in the box. In saying that, it's not as if Argentina are really lacking up forward and apparently it's sort of like Messi just picking, you know, the, the players that he would like around him and if there ever was a player who you're going to probably um, listen to and, you know, give a bit of credence to, it's probably Leo. So, yeah. disappointing, I'm a huge fan of uh, Akadi's play and I think he can really offer... Um, a lot going forward, but it's crazy that he's not going to be involved it's in almost, a major tournament.
1: It's almost like a schoolyard. It's like, just captain's pick, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Mm. And yep. he, he's Leo, just, who do he's you want? He's just the biggest dog there. Yeah. Leo, I'll pick Mascarona. He's playing in China. I'll still take Yavia. <laughs> he, he's had
3: 130 million cats. Yeah, we'll still take him. <laughs> to be fair, I think he was probably their best player at the last World Football, Cup. I
2: would, yeah. de- I would agree with that. I would agree with yeah.
0: that. Um, I guess speaking of Argentina as well, you know, do we think they're going to get through their group?
2: Mate, they've got the Croatians, so they're going to finish second. No, in all <laughs> seriousness, um, that is a a, a tough group. I, I, surely they've got to find a way to get through that much firepower. Mm. But it would be interesting on Leo's legacy because he he obviously had his really good chance to cement his name as he already is one of the greats. But right at the top of that tree, um, if he if he has a poor World Cup this time, I think he'll um he'll be in the shadow, you know, for the rest of his career, and that'll be something that hangs over him.
1: Messi's around 30. This is probably the last World Cup he'll play at his peak. 31 or yeah. 24. Thank he you might for, the, pl- he, for, for those at you'd home. You'd think he'd probably play at another World Cup after this, but he won't be at the peak of his powers. This the... is, for me, the last chance for him to show us just what a special player is on the world stage.
2: Yeah, I think for him to win a World Cup, this is got to be his last chance. Uh, I reckon he could, he could definitely play four years from now. The way he plays, he's just going further and further back and his passing of the ball is just disgusting. But do agree with you. If he doesn't perform this World Cup and Argentina don't do well, it's, um, it's going to be hard on the little man.
3: Uh, I, I think that I s- slightly disagree with the consensus. I think that another four years he'll still be at the very top of the game, I think because of the way he plays uh, and the way, certainly the way Barcelona use him. He will have a bit, a little bit more longevity than most players because he just doesn't run. He, like, he honestly
2: does no tracking back. Does
3: That's not. He he's basically covers less ground than any other player in the league.
2: Have you seen that? There's a on Reddit they have a thing called Data Is Beautiful, and they did one for the Champions League, like running for players who have played a substantial amount of game time. And, and was he so was like, I think Eric Bailly was like the closest to him, and there was still comfortable distance between him. Eric is a centre back, and he's a forward conversely, Thomas Muller was just like on the other side, just running his guts he's out. He's just an engine. and he's, But Messi's like... Because the goals, obviously, like if you're a goal scorer, there's usually a lot of work involved in that. And, and the players who are you know high on that list in terms of goal scoring, they're all on that side of working. And then he's just on the other side of the grid, just this outlier, and that's what he is. Well, Ronaldo's
3: down there as well, but but Messi is to the extreme. Yes, so yes, it, yes. Yeah. It's it's absolutely absurd the... <laughs> the ha- the lack of work here that he gets away with it's yeah you know, whatever the right way to phrase that is but because of that I think thirty four you probably it's not you'll it's still have the legs to cover the ground he covers at thirty four and if the ability's still there then maybe he's got one more in him thirty eight might might be, <laughs> <laughs> <That's laughs> <it> be. <laughs> step two s- <laughs> even then who knows
1: having said, Tim Cahill is at a World Cup he's thirty eight now
2: yeah. Similar players start no, fucking- <laughs> <laughs> say- national, both I was national play
0: Messi's heroes. nearly as good as Cahill yeah. Nearly both
1: both I- I'd
3: argue
2: that No, I was going to say I'd argue that Cahill's held
3: him right, yeah, And if you watch uh, The Tim Cahill goal Against the Netherlands From the last World Cup You'd argue that he probably Has a better left foot Than Leo Messi yeah. as well
2: <laughs> Definitely um-
1: How many goals has Messi Scored of his head as well?
2: Uh, Champions League finals, the first one that goes to mind, but probably not as much as Tim Cahill, therefore he is worse. Mm.
0: Yep. No
2: doubt. Consensus. And Andy Carroll's better than all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Put
1: together. Aussie, <laughs> aussie, aussie! Oi, oi, oi! Normally, most footballing podcasts have an episode about their group previews and give their tournament predictions and whatnot. We're doing something slightly different, and I'll now hand over to Louis to explain what we're doing.
2: So basically, we've got uh, the boys who are involved in the pod, the ones who are here and the ones who are away. We're going to have a Prediction system, they're going to be anonymous. So we put the predictions, the categories are uh, winner, runner up, underachiever, overachiever in terms of teams, um, golden ball, like best player at the tournament, golden boot, and a a breakout player, a young player who we think is going to do well. They are anonymous and we're going to reveal them after the final. So stay tuned for that and you might be able to pick up a few hints in the uh shows leading up to the final about where our allegiances lies but we'll try and keep them nice and hidden to uh you know hype up the drama for around the final time
1: i currently have a prediction sitting in a box on my desk at home and it's staring me in the face and it's just so tempting to just look yeah exactly scary stuff can i make
3: one prediction that's not on that list yeah yeah, uh, just for for everyone to uh, the public yeah I predict that this will be the worst host country performance in World Cup history. I like that. They are so bad. (laughs) They are so bad. I don't... I I agree. I do do not read. I think they'll go minus 10 goal difference and lose all three games. They have an easy group as well, which is mm, frustrating. I know, but it's an easy group because they're in it. (laughs) 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 I'm saying there's not a traditional powerhouse in there. Yeah.
0: You can see Uruguay just running away in that group, but behind them... It's anyone's, you yeah. know, Even spot. Saudi
1: Arabia, who I thought were decent in the good qualifying against Australia, like the they're, Saudi's they're pretty solid. They're not going to win too much, too many games, but they could definitely make it out of a group. Yeah. And they'll uh, still beat Russia. Yeah. This yeah.
3: is going to come back to bite me on the ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Top um, the group and, yeah, and win the whole thing. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, question marks have a Mo Salah as well. It's anyone's group.
3: Yeah. Uh, I assume he's a... I know he's a good player, but... <laughs> yeah. Anyway, thanks for
1: bringing that up. Oh, PTSD just running over the face of Sean Fry. I can see the um, wounds from here. He's yeah. just curled up into, ball in a, into a ball in the studio. Is just... The tears are running down. <laughs>
3: just cold. <laughs> <laughs> You're crying. Someone's cutting onions in the studio.
1: <laughs> Quickly, just before we wrap up, the next episode we record will be the day after the France vs. Australia game. Boys, what are your tips for that game? I'll go
2: 3-0 to France. Anything less than three goals... I'll take as a, a point.
0: Yep. I'll go 2-0 to France. I think they're just going to be too good for us.
2: Ambitious.
3: I was going to go 3-0 to France, and then when you took that, I was going to go 2-0 to France, and now <laughs> you've taken that, and I'm going to give it the big fuck you too. Seven. Australia. Ooh. Oh. Uh, oh. Scorers? Keep it tight. Yeah, uh, scorers. Oh, three own goals. <laughs> uh, not I'm not hungry. I hope that we keep it tight. Uh, and I think We've just uh, do what, what the we US talked do. about before, yeah, exactly. Exactly what we talked about with the US and exactly what we talked about with Arzani. If he can come on at 60 minutes and us only be a if goal get, down, yep. then, or, or scores level even better, then fairy tales
1: are made on, on stages like that. I'm going to say France will win 3-0 because Australia gets six people sent off and we have to forfeit. Oh, nice. The
0: old forfeit.
1: Actually, in all seriousness, it's I think... It's so we...
3: hard to even do that on FIFA. Have you ever tried to do that? <laughs> we've, tried, we've, tried,
2: players we've tried off. it in pro clubs and
3: Far it's out. difficult. It takes
2: so long. And yet when you don't want to get a red card, oh, you seem to pick I them know. up every second week, Sean
0: like he's Le- 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 definitely being
3: sent oh, yeah. off though that's the captain of the pro clubs team Louis knows all about getting sent off and putting his team in the
2: shit <laughs> 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 to be fair I have guilty of that recently yeah go on Spilly
1: in all seriousness I think we'll lose 2-0 and I think we will have one player sent off okay Harry Keul style maybe a handball on the line a-la South Africa. I think it'll be last defender just his yeah. time to tackle yellow card and a pen Mbappe's running through and someone oh, takes that, him out that boy yeah. and that as is, you know what? I'm Mate, just- if that
3: actually happens, um, that's going to freak me out. If we've got a Nostradamus in the studio, if <laughs> you know, who? My I'm going I'm- I'm- <laughs>
1: to I'm- yeah, 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 I'm- I'm go even further and say it's going to be Aziz Bayich. Yeah, oh yeah, because he'll be pacing back. Yeah, yeah. You
2: got to keep your predictions vague, man.
1: If I- if this actually happens, you guys are just going to be looking at me like for the lotto numbers. Exactly. exactly.
3: Yeah.
1: And that wraps up episode two of a football sacks podcast for Russia. Next episode, we'll be wrapping up the Australia versus France game and the preceding games in the World Cup, plus previewing the upcoming games and talking about all the quirky moments Russia 2018 has delivered so far. I've been your host, Ben Smith. Thanks from everyone in the studio. Thanks, guys. See you later. Thanks for having me. Exciting stuff. We'll see you next week.